Wow. Happy Lunar New Year. Oh, what is the Lunar New Today Year? Today begins the year of the tiger. You're a dog, right? Excuse me? <laughs> yes, Just I was born on, in the year of the dog. Based on how you treat women. <laughs> alone to reap the rewards of 2022 to truly harness your prodigious power and invite inspiration you're going to need to spend ample time alone this year oh great okay so exactly like every year (laughs) except this year it'll behoove me roosters like me (laughs) i prefer cock but this website says rooster we must not waste our wisdom this year, but rather grow it from the rooftops so that it may be a reflection on us and a boon to our fellow man. Oh Knowledge that goes unshared is akin to eggs that don't hatch. <laughs> what? Why is mine so nice? This feels like I'm mad at you, so I'm like, oh, yours says that you should stay inside and shut up. <laughs> and mine says I'm like really smart or whatever. <laughs> And I should crow about it. I wrote these. (laughs) Well, guess what? Lunar New Year is celebrated throughout East and Southwest Asia in countries that are influenced by the Chinese lunar solar calendar, which means that today is Korean New Year, (laughs) observed by Korean people around the world. Oh, how fitting. How fitting. It's a big family holiday, so a lot of people might be expected to travel around this time of year. Customs include a traditional bow to one's elders while wishing them a lot of good fortune for the new year. Elders Mm. typically respond to this gesture by giving children New Year's money in silk bags (laughs) made with beautiful traditional designs as well as offering words of wisdom. Incredible. (laughs) That's it? Okay. This episode was titled The Glass Ballerina. Uh, premiered on October 11th, 2006, directed by Paul A. Edwards. In history and pop culture, on that very same day, 30 Rock premieres. Oh my god. Yeah. R.I.P. Alec Baldwin. (laughs) Um, And that same day, Haitian-born Cuban Benito Martinez died, allegedly at the age of 126. And if that's true, that would have made him the world's oldest person. Did he lie? (laughs) We don't know, because unfortunately, he had no documents to verify his birth date. So technically, he wasn't an eligible candidate for the record, um, which at the time was held by Elizabeth Bolden, an American who was 116. So we weren't able, we, (laughs) I was part of the committee. Uh, The Cuban government was not able to verify his birth date, but they did know that he arrived to Cuba via steamship from Haiti in the 1920s. He became employed on the family ranch of future Cuban president Fidel Castro. Wow. He earned the nickname El Avion, the airplane, Uh for the speed at which he worked helping to construct the original highway across Cuba. What? This part is, uh, the rest of this is copy and pasted directly from Wikipedia. He later settled in a small farming community outside... Diego de Avila, <laughs> where he lived out the rest of his days as a perpetual bachelor. He 
attributed his his longevity to a healthy diet of rice and fresh vegetables and the occasional alcoholic beverage. And being single. (laughs) (laughs) No women. Uh, Mr. Martinez also said that the secret to his long life was that he never cheated a man or said bad things of other people. He never owned a car. He always walked, rode a bike, or took the bus. Hobbies included breeding fighting cocks. (laughs) (laughs) Growing bananas. (laughs) And dancing. He rarely overate as food was rationed. (laughs) He ate mostly starchy cassava and sweet potatoes cooked in pork fat. Only in his last 20 years of life did he give up smoking. His first doctor's visit was not until he was around 115. (laughs) The the only time he went to the hospital was a few days before he died. Benito Martinez. Every- Let's give that man his flowers. El Avion. Every time they interview someone who's super old, they're always like, I love smoking. (laughs) (laughs) I like cigarettes and I hate my wife. (laughs) She died 31 years ago when I was 90. (laughs) Under suspicious circumstances. But this man was a perpetual bachelor. (laughs) I'm scared that they're going to knock over my wine. These cats are just Scooby-Doo running all around the house. Okay, are you ready for this little log line? Three interwoven stories about a terrible curse. A young woman encounters a malevolent supernatural force while searching for her missing sister in Tokyo. A mean high school prank goes horribly wrong. A woman with a deadly secret moves into a Chicago apartment building. Is it the suicide forest thing? No, was there a movie about the suicide forest? I think there was a movie where a woman goes to search for her missing sister in the suicide forest. Oh, shit. What's that this sounds one? scary. Starring Amber Tamblin, Edison Chen, Ariel Kebble, and Sarah Michelle Geller. Directed by Takashi Shimizu. I'll give you a hint. It is a sequel to a movie that we've already talked about. Oh, uh, what horror movie do we talk about? The Grudge? Yeah, it was The Grudge. The, 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 the Grudge. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, did not do as well as the other one. And also there was a third one. One thing that I did find out is that they did a series of like promotional shorts beforehand. There's three of them. They're like two minutes long and they're just little, little creepy crawlies. But I looked it up on, on Letterboxd. I only found two that are really worth reporting on. Two stars from Parker. The Grudge, more like a minor resentment. <laughs> that was pretty good. And then three and a half stars from Indy 58. That little kid is some spooky child. Are you ready to guess the song? Yeah, I was thinking single ladies. Hmm. Oh my god. It sounds like they're about to call Penelope Widmore. What the fuck? We've already talked about it. What happens in that music video? I won't watch it. Because it's too inappropriate. Let's agree not to watch it. Maybe in the year of the last one. Maybe in the year of the cock. Yeah, what's next? When's the next cock? 
2029. Okay, I can wait. <laughs> um, We open on a glass ballerina spinning. So we really wait. didn't have to wait long. <laughs> I did forget. My first note is that I laughed out loud when I saw Jack and Jack's chain in the previously on Lost. Come down from the table first. You want me to come down? Come in here and get me down. If you want to talk, I'm happy. Tell me where my friends are! I will. If you let go of the chain. You think I'm stupid? Where are my friends? <laughs> I'll tell you if you stop pulling the chain. <laughs> okay, we open on a glass ballerina, spinning until it shatters on the ground. A child's son runs away. She almost gets away with it, but her dad confronts her with the broken pieces while she's playing piano. She tries to deny it, blaming it on the maid. So he says, all right, <laughs> the maid is fired. Yeah. And that blood is on your hands. Fuck. It's Can on she... your head, little girl. <laughs> Can she hear that metronome? Because... If she can, then metronomes are not for her. <laughs> Disregard oh, for tempo. On the, the captions, it said playing off rhythm. Oh, <laughs> Beautiful. So really, they were just dragging this child. Yeah. <clears throat> Present day son washes her face on the boat. Jin comes to check on her and she says, it's just morning sickness. Did we mention she's pregnant? <laughs> For anyone just tuning in, this woman is pregnant. <laughs> she helps translate between Jin and Saeed. Jin wants to go back. He doesn't think that Jack and the others are coming. They should be here by now. Saeed insists that Jack is counting on them. And he says they need to go north and start another signal fire. The one that they have now is obscured by the mountains. So they're at an impasse and Sun is forced to choose between Saeed and her husband. And she makes the choice that we all would have made. She chooses Saeed. <laughs> Juliet brings Jack soup in his cell. Uh, then she finds White Henry in a room with a bunch of security monitors. Another other named Colleen comes in to report that the Iraqi found the decoy village and that they have a sailboat. This means that they could find the real village. We learn that White Henry's real name is beow, 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 Ben. He tells her to put together a team. For what? We don't know, but he wants that boat. Juliet is dressed like an old Navy mannequin in this scene. <laughs> Honestly, in every scene, right? Yeah. That's kind of like the look. Yeah. Um, it looked like I was looking at her versus Kate in this episode, and it looks like she's picking up her trendy daughter from the mall. Yeah. <laughs> like, Kate looks amazing. Well, Kate's in that dress mm -hmm. owned by a teen girl. She's wearing a teen's dress. <laughs> <laughs> she got that from Forever 21. Um... The others take Kate and Sawyer out, out of their bear cages, and we don't know where they're going to bring them, but we'll find out. On the boat, Sun apologizes to Jin for disagreeing with him in front of Saeed. He asked her why she came with them, and she says she can't be without him. In the flashback, we see Sun... Oh my god, I didn't even look it up. What's this guy's name? Jay Lee. Jay Lee. Okay. In, in a flashback, we see Sun waking up next to Jay Lee, and they're in the midst of a torrid affair. She's feeling guilty. He tells her that she's ready to go to America, that her English is good enough. Then there's a knock at the door and Mr. Pike comes in and sees his daughter post-coitus. <laughs> the worst person that could have walked in. Literally. Like, maybe arguably worse than Jin walking in. <laughs> yeah. 
The others lead Kate and Sawyer to some kind of manual labor. I still don't know what the fuck they were doing for what purpose. Yeah. The taskmaster has a taser and he's a little bit shock happy. (laughs) In flashback, Mr. Pike summons Jin to his office. He tells him that Jay Lee has been stealing from him and that he needs to put an end to him. Jin tries to quit, but Mr. Pike guilts him into staying and agreeing to killing this guy. Does Jin know who he is based on the picture? Um, Jin was hired to be the doorman at that hotel. Right. And Did he recognize him? I Would mean, he? I don't know how long ago that was because their whole relationship was... Like, Jay Lee would turn up, and then he would, like, bow to him because he obviously knows that he's the hotel owner's son. Right. And then one time he asked him for his orange... Oh, yeah. Oh, so he would probably remember. Yeah, like, vaguely. He'd be like, oh, this guy is important and rich. I wonder if that's why he especially didn't want to do it. Well, yeah, I have some thoughts on that later. Yeah. Um... Present day Jin is chopping a fish on the boat when they find the dock on the shore. It looks like it's been abandoned. That's where they're going to build the fire. Saeed seems pretty sure that it's safe. During their manual labor, Sawyer is reprimanded for stopping to watch Kate uh, while she chops wood. Alex, the other, the teen, gets Kate's attention from a nearby bush and asks if she's seen someone named Carl in the cages. I don't know why Kate was so stunned that she was wearing this girl's dress. Like, it had to be somebody's yeah. dress. Don't worry, she can keep it. Blah, blah, blah. On the dock, Saeed finishes building the signal fire. Thank you. Son asks Saeed why he's lying. <laughs> What's he lying about? Saeed confesses that he's pretty sure the Jack crew has been kidnapped. He's planning to build this fire to build a trap for the others, and then he'll ambush them, kill all but two, and use them to find their friends. Is he he watching the show, too? How does he know everything? He just knows everything that's happened? I I saw footprints on the dock, so obviously the three of them have been abducted. (laughs) Yeah. And so here's the plan. (laughs) I mean, he's so smart, though. He was probably able to look at it and, like, see if there was a struggle. Yeah. Um, he asks her to participate in this lie and keep lying to Jin. In the flashback, Jin tells Sun that her father called him Sun for the first time, S-O-N, mm. uh, but he's smart enough to know that he's being manipulated. She tells him that they can run away and start a new life, and he's like, no, I have to do this for you. This is the most frustrating relationship. Like, yeah, she's giving him an out. Like, never once has she been like, it's important to me yeah. what my father thinks of you. Like, yeah. Literally never once. It's all him. No and one his, can know about the fish. His own internalized classism. I, it's for sure a Korean thing, I think. Yeah. Probably, but it's an issue for him a lot and other people not as much. <laughs> it doesn't seem to be a problem with any of the other Korean characters yeah. in this story. <laughs> In the present, Saeed finishes lighting the fire. Jin reveals that his English is way better than they think it is. What is it? He knows what we're doing. He knows it's a trap. He wants a gun. Sun goes to stay on the boat and Saeed tells her about an extra gun that's in a blue tarp. 
I love it when they speak Korean with no subtitles. Yeah, me too. Because it's like we've been assigned Saeed's POV in that scene. Mm. It's cool. And like sometimes it's not super important what they're saying. It's like I actually think it's always important what Sun says because I think that you should listen to women. Well, I don't think women um are that funny or interesting. <laughs> Just I was generally. So distracted by her sticky, shiny 2000s lip gloss <laughs> in the flashback. I, I clocked that too. <laughs> she needs to take that off to eat dinner. <laughs> Juliet gives Sawyer water, which he spitefully dumps out. He then goes over and kisses Kate, prompting a brawl with the others. <laughs> Juliet pulls a gun on Kate. Sawyer submits and then gets tased again. They didn't even cooperate for one day. Oh, I know. I was envisioning time passing and then them being like, okay, we got to get out of here. Like Jean Valjean style. Yeah. <laughs> they waited two hours and nine minutes. And they were like, I'm done. <laughs> that night, Saeed and Jin wait for the others. On the boat, Sun hears footsteps outside and grabs the gun. In the flashback, Jin follows Jay Lee into the hotel. He starts beating him, but not for the reason he thinks he's getting beat. Oh. Uh, Jin tells him to leave the country, start a new life, and never come back. Jin gets back into his car. Unreal. <laughs> <laughs> so pissed. <laughs> and Jay Lee's body comically lands on his windshield. There's no way. They expect me to believe that There's Jin no coincidentally way. parked underneath where that man's balcony is. I like to think that he was, like, standing up there waiting and, like, timing it out. Probably, like, moved to a different window to get closer. Clutching those pearls. Clutching his pearls. <laughs> um, on the boat, Sun held Hassan Colleen at gunpoint. Colleen tells her that she can't let her off the boat because it's not her decision. She also says, I know you. I know you're not going to shoot me. And then she fucking does. Oh. <laughs> that was sick. Um, and it was an accident, though. Was it? Yeah. One of them made a noise up top and she went like... <gasps> Oh. So Colleen was right, I think. Colleen, like, cor did correctly judge her. And I then see. she just accidentally shot her. Well, I I don't know. I think that Sun probably would have done it. And I know Sun better than Colleen at this point, because I've been watching this show. Colleen thinks that they... Colleen thinks she knows everything. <laughs> Colleen received a list of good and bad people from Goodwin and not from Ethan. So Colleen doesn't know shit about the other <laughs> side of the island. <laughs> Um, the others start to sail away. Uh, Jun, Jun, <laughs> Sun jumps off the boat. Jin jumps off the dock and the two meet somewhere in the middle. We get a flashback of that guy's funeral. Um, Sun watches from a distance. Mr. Pike finds her and tells her to go home to her husband. When asked if he'll ever tell Jin, he says it's not his place to tell him, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, what um, a cool guy. <laughs> On the shore, Saeed, Jin, and Sun take off on their journey home. Home being the other side of the island. Sawyer and Kate go back to their cages. Sawyer reveals that that was all a stunt to figure out who can fight and who can't. And he guesses most of these boys have never seen any real action. <laughs> now they have to wait until they make a mistake. But also, this conversation is being recorded on Ben's security camera. Nice. Ben visits Jack in his cell and properly introduces himself. Hi. 
My name is Benjamin Linus, and I've lived on this island all my life. What? His whole life. He tells him if he cooperates, he'll send him home. He tells them that they've been on the island 69 days. Why did they do that? (laughs) They didn't have to. Every time I hear the number 69 in a piece of media, I say, pick a different one. It's so easy. It's basically arbitrary. It's also funny that, like, numbers are such a thing in this show that, like, they they didn't even choose, like, 42 days. Like, no. In those 69 days... George W. Bush has been reelected. Christopher Reeve has passed away, wow. and the Boston Red Sox have won the World Series. All things that we have discussed on this podcast. Crazy. My question is: When they wrote that whole episode, where like Christian Shepard's like all the Boston Red Sox win the World Series, was I don't that something that. that had happened already? Oh, that was a callback to like something about oh. Christian Shepard. And that's when he's talking to Sawyer. Yeah. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Anyway. I'm furious that the World Series is like the crux of this episode. <laughs> Get the sports out of my well, face. Well, I think it's because it's a it's a callback to I guess. Yeah, that's an better. earlier thing. Um, he then shows footage of the Red Sox winning the series and again reiterates that if Jack does what's asked of him when the time comes, he can go home. He'll get him tickets to the World Series. <laughs> he never said that. <laughs> This isn't a joke. (laughs) I really wish you would take this seriously. When I'm doing this podcast, I'm not kidding around. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. That's the whole episode. Wow. Um, Here's the rest of my notes. Love opening a door and tearing your glasses off for dramatic effect. Wait, when did did that happen? Ben's entrance. (laughs) Like the first time we see him. (laughs) He just like walks in and he's like, (laughs) <laughs> he says a line to Julian. <laughs> also, um, that was the scene where he was like, you never make me soup. And then Colleen oh. came and she was like, am I interrupting yeah, anything? What do you want me to do? It feels like everyone wants to fuck Ben and I hope they do. Wait, you think Juliet wants to fuck Ben? Well, it felt like he was flirting with Juliet and Colleen was flirting with him. Oh, I see. I see. Um, speaking of flirting... <laughs> When uh, that guy told Kate and Sawyer to shut up. Shut up! I was on his side. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I've had enough of that. <laughs> I would be really pissed if my wife and the other guy were having full conversations in front of me. Yeah. Assuming that I couldn't understand. It's the same thing as Son in season one where I was like, is this annoying? <laughs> like, <laughs> that they, they just, they're acting like she's deaf or she doesn't exist. Um, I don't know. I wish that it was in the captions, but it wasn't. I don't know what scene it was. It was one of the, like, chain gang scenes where there's somebody talking to Juliet. Like, we cut to Juliet talking to one of the nameless nobodies. And I swear he says, like, so beautiful. Juliet, how do you do it? Like, he's straight up hitting on her. Wait, he has- a random extra. He has like a few lines, and if you listen, he's like really heavily. Oh my god! I <laughs> love him. Honestly, shoot your shot, dude. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what I was gonna say about Jin being the hitman, 
he used to be employed at this hotel. So I feel like if you're going to send a hitman, at least send someone that's anonymous at this yeah. establishment. Yeah. Because some of the employees could still be the same as when Jin worked there. And they might even know that he married Sun if she's if they're one of the wealthiest families in the whole city. And it would not be hard to figure out that, like, oh, Sun has been showing up to the hotel yeah. a lot. Just ask around it, these pieces could be put together really easily in an investigation right he's too high profile for this assignment i also googled how many of those che bowls there are in south korea um we discussed those in our episode rich click because <laughs> that's what che bowl roughly translates to and bloomberg in 2019 said there were about 45 of these family business conglomerates mm. similar to like a waystar royco situation <laughs> so i'm just saying someone else should be killing jay lee not yeah. the man who literally married the princess basically do you think he would have killed him if he had known he was sleeping with his wife or would that still be too far for mm. him because he's never killed anyone so far i don't know i don't know I, do- I kind of don't think he would have i don't think that's how he would process his emotions mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense on our Sawyer nickname tracker, <laughs> we've added shortcake because she tastes like strawberries. Yeah, that was gross. <clears throat> also, I doubt that. They have not <laughs> been brushing their teeth. Like, they have no, not. No, she definitely has stank ass mouth, but I do believe that Ben ha- included st- a beautiful thing of strawberries in his Beauty and the Beast luncheon yeah, on the beach. So, like, I will believe that she has eaten strawberries, but I will not believe that she tastes like them. <laughs> and you can put me on record. <laughs> um, okay, so regarding the title, the thing with the glass ballerina is she lied and someone else got punished. So mm-hmm. where does it connect? Is it that she had an affair and Jay Lee was punished? She yeah. She gets off scot-free in both of these situations. Well, and Jin is continuously punished and it's not because of her lie i guess but because of his job but just yeah just because i guess punishment is like not the right word he's suffering for her though yeah and like never loses an opportunity to remind her of that god this relationship Honestly, landing on a desert island is probably the best thing that could happen to them. Well, yeah, I kind of think that that's true of a lot of these people. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's the point of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Let's vote somebody off. Okay. I'm ready. Three, two, two, three. Mr. Pike. (gasps) Anna. This is really out of character for you. I know. I trust say because of the whole Jin speaking English thing and just yeah. like ignoring him. Yeah. Why not Sun? Um, because Sun like knows how to freaking party and like oh yeah, get that's true. Down. <laughs> Go away, friend. I said Mr. Pike for obvious reasons. MVP. Three, one, two, two, three, one, Ben. Jay. <laughs> I said Jay Lee because he killed himself in the most <laughs> badass way possible. A king. <laughs> A true king. I'm still, I know in my heart that 
the American woman that he was going to marry from Harvard. We gotta see her. I want to see who that is so badly. Yeah, and do we know her? I she, she probably ties into the story somebody. somehow. She's fucking Kate's third cousin from Iowa. Yeah, like Kate's mom. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I fell in love <laughs> with just... a waitress <laughs> from a diner. I chose Ben for my MVP because of his reaction to the handshake denial. It's mm. like, it reminded me of how a Muppet will look away in the reaction. He goes like, oh my god. <laughs> it's so good. I want to like, go back and look at it. You're not going to take my hand? Uh, okay. And I also chose him because he, <laughs> he had the footage of the Red Sox queued up on that TV because he knew that's the one that would get our guy. Yeah. He didn't give a fuck about George Bush or Christopher Reeve. He was like, ha, 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 the Red Sox. And he was like, play, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> he knows our guy. <laughs> well, with a rating of 8.0, the Glass Ballerina is ranked 10th from the bottom. Whoa. I attribute it to racism. Yeah. I'm pissed. That's stupid. I love this episode. Yeah, this is a great episode. This has everything. Like, all of... What more do you want? Yeah. (sighs) R.I.P. Colleen, maybe, I guess. Oh, yeah, I guess we don't know if she's dead or not. It's been a long day without you. R.I.P. Fish. We don't like to see it. We don't like to cut straight to that. Too jarring. No. R.I.P. Jay Lee. The trivia. Jay Lee's hotel room number is 1516. Daniel Day Kim said, It was great to see a different layer to Sun's character because previously she had always been the good wife and Jin was the bad husband. I'm not team either of them. Yeah. Fuck them. Fuck this relationship. Andrew Dignan of Slant Magazine calls this episode wonderfully twisted. He said this episode mostly serves to add uncomfortable wrinkles to one of the show's saints, going so far as to make the consistently sympathetic son quite unlikable. I don't agree with that, though. Like, I don't think that this episode made her unlikable at all. I guess it's just that so far she's been infallible and now she has a flaw, like a lot of the other people on the show. Didn't she already have some... Didn't fucking... There was something. She was going to just abandon him at the airport. Yeah. She lied to him about speaking English. I don't think that she's been a one-dimensional character up to this point, which it seems like he's accusing. Yeah. I but I I also don't think that like her having an affair makes her any less likable. Right. If anything, it makes her more likable. Some of the critics were saying that the flashbacks weren't worth flashing back to, while other critics were saying that the on-island action was boring compared to finding out Sun's secrets. So I just don't know what these people want. I think it's so good. Yeah. This episode. Um, Drew Goddard and Jeff Pinkner are the writers, and it looks like we've got about 
eight more episodes from them. Mm, Bring is them this on. the first one that they've written? No, I think, uh, what was it? Maybe Outlaws, I think oh, I okay. read. IGN said there was almost no plot momentum. How? What? Someone shot someone, so now they're enemies, according to that woman. Sawyer and Kate didn't cooperate, so they're on the shit list. Plus, they were overheard strategizing. Yeah. (laughs) How can you... How can you defend yourself after that statement? (laughs) Apparently, Locke has already referred to him as James in front of Kate before in Season 2, Episode 22 for The Road. So that's a little, um... What's it called? Yeah. What's that called? I don't know. Continuity Air. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the song on the season three soundtrack for the funeral scene is called Pagoda of Shame. <laughs> I'm livid. <laughs> That's like lazy. That's not even a play on words. <laughs> That's the name of this episode. <laughs> Absolutely it is. <laughs> well... Since I really enjoyed this, I looked to see what <laughs> Drew Goddard and Jeff Pinkner is up to. Drew's kind of killing it. He wrote and produced Bad Times at the El Royale. He wrote Cabin in the Woods with Joss Whedon. Hmm. He's got quite a few high-profile titles on his IMDb. He was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay Oscar for The Martian, but uh, they lost to The Big Short that year. Hmm. And then Jeff Pinkner is an executive producer on Cowboy Bebop, and he's got about... Eight upcoming projects on IMDb. Nice. Good for you, Glenn Coco. Oh, last but not least, last but not least. (laughs) I don't know. It's causing me a lot of shame every single time to have to bring this up. And I hope it's not a sore spot between you and me that we're still (laughs) single. (laughs) But (laughs) I'm hoping that maybe one of these... Tips and tricks will work. It has to work. And I think I was thinking about this the other day, Caroline, that like (laughs) it is the pandemic and we may have been like, we're not out and about tossing our purse, crying (laughs) in a corner, wearing a bandaid on our face. (laughs) We may not have been like, we may be selling ourselves short in that the amount of social situations that we're a part of. Might not be the same as when it was. You're right. You're right. It's important to give yourself grace. But I'm really hoping and praying for us this time around. Number one, don't be a pushover when he's trying to make a date. I guess it's like play hard to get. Oh, wait, what? Don't be a pushover. Like he's like, like, do you want to hang out on Saturday? And you're like, no. no. (laughs) But you do, and you say no. I don't get it. That's why we're not married. We're too eager. (laughs) Number two, don't discuss your former boyfriends. Okay. I guess. Number three, don't gossip about him. That? (laughs) At me, okay? (laughs) That's one that I uh, could really take to heart. Number four, don't tell him how much your clothes cost. (laughs) I guess it's like, if he's marrying you- see this jacket? (laughs) I got it at the thrift store. <laughs> um, I guess it's like if you're marrying someone, you're going to be expecting to be supporting her mm. in the 50s. Oh, I see. Is that what they meant? Yeah. Like, don't make him think you have expensive taste, I guess. But also, you don't want him to know that you're shopping at thrift stores, I guess. Yeah, Maybe it could have been. a mystery around that. It could have been the other way, too. Find out about the girls he hasn't married and don't repeat the mistakes they made. Oh, by all means. <laughs> How did they 
fuck that up. If you are widowed or divorced, if they say the word widow one more time in this article. This is 2022, the year of the widow. People are being widowed left, right, and center at the time of this article. If you are widowed or divorced, don't constantly discuss your former husband. I mean, if there's saying- nothing worse than a widow who won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> Ugh, get over it. The word constantly in there. Con- it's, it's constant. Like, yeah, it's constant constantly with her. Discuss anything. <laughs> no. You could say that about anything. Learn to sew and wear something you've made yourself. Fabulous. <laughs> nope. I, I think that one is a bad. <laughs> I did that only once in my life. And I wore that skirt until it was too small. I wore it for many years. <laughs> Very early in your dating. Why not get a favorite song that you both regard as your own? <laughs> oh, I love that. Just forcing a song. Yeah. Like, that's not a foreign concept. I don't think that this person in the focus group invented that. (laughs) But it sounds like they thought they did. (laughs) No, no, no. How about this? Why not? Hmm. Very early (laughs) in your dating. (laughs) When you're out strolling with him, don't insist on stopping at every shop window. Women be shopping. Do you want to go on a stroll past the shops today? (laughs) Finally, there's the last one for now. Never let him know he's the only one, even if you have to stay home one or two nights a week. (laughs) Like he calls you and you pretend to be busy, but really you just sit in your bedroom in the dark twiddling your thumbs. Oh my God. Oh, I I have plans that night. I have a date with a taller man. (laughs) (laughs) You're just sad and alone. (laughs) <laughs> just so he thinks you're unavailable it's worth it <laughs> oh wow good golly happy new year korea vietnam thailand china yeah maybe this uh year of the tiger is the year where one of these <laughs> one of these advice works you know there are articles being like marriage prospects for the dog in the year of the tiger 2022 <laughs> follow us on instagram at you've lost me pod twitter at you've lost me pod email us at you've lost me pod at gmail.com um that's it 